Hello and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. I am one of your hosts, Kelsey. And I am another one of your hosts, Carmen. And it is a beautiful day to podcast. Kelsey, it is. it's so good to see you. I know I know our listeners can't see you, but it's so good to see you. Oh, it's so good to see you. You're so great. I can't wait to see you in person this week. Can you believe it? I'm it's, so excited. For any of you listeners out there who listened to the last episode where we had to clarify <laughs> that we... We don't have babies together. We don't have babies together. Um, but uh, but do love each other. Uh, it, we're we're going to be in the same space recording some episodes. Maybe two. Who knows? Yes. Coming but up. But the next episode you hear for certain, we will be recording together in person. And in, we are so excited. We are even going to watch the episode together. But speak to each other, none at all, so that all of our reactions are only for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually... I was I was trying to think through the logistics of that. It's going to be hard. We have to like put a blanket like in between, like hanging between us so we can't <laughs> see each other's reactions. Like that scene in SpongeBob where they think the world's going to end and they have the brick wall between them and they're yes. watching the sunset. Yes. Um, also, uh, before we get started, I need to apologize because last week I had the sniffles so bad and I did not realize how much I was just sniffling right into the microphone. And I am so sorry to everyone who had to deal with that. I no longer have the sniffles. I didn't think it was that bad. Okay. I just I, was like, why couldn't I have turned my head? It's <laughs> At okay. At least muffle it, it a slightly. <laughs> you live and learn. It's okay. Anyways. Um, so this episode, this episode is the second episode of season two. Um, and it is called Enough is Enough, parentheses, No More Tears. Do you want to go into your, your song history? Yes, I do. Also, it's funny that the song, uh, the title is Enough and is Enough is Enough in parentheses, more, No More Tears, because, wow, so many stutters in all of that <laughs> sentence. It's funny that the title is Enough is Enough and in parentheses, No More Tears, because the song is No More Tears in parentheses, Enough is Enough. I noticed that uh, when I looked it up. Yes. So the song came out in 1979, uh, originally done by Barbara Streisand and Donna Summer. Um, so it's funny, Kelsey sent me the original, which is like an 11 minute masterpiece. Uh, and then Barbara Streisand decided, I must do this alone and no one else can be a part of this. Uh, and, and did like a four minute single for herself that was re-released years later. Um, so... There, this song I had heard. I think maybe the chorus at one point in my life. But I gotta tell you, the eleven-minute version with with Donna Summers is is much better than the uh, Donna Summer is much better than the one that with Barbara by herself. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's just I feel like this is the this is the Bohemian Rhapsody equivalent <laughs> of 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 a dual of a duet female singer montage that includes disco, rock, and like a ballad. All in one. Does um, it tell a story the way that fe- Bohemian Rhapsody does? No, it doesn't tell a story the same way. But there's so many different parts of the song that it, they each one has their own, uh, like little mini story within yeah. itself. But then the, the but there's one chorus. Bohemian Rhapsody has no chorus. That's true. Um, anyways, just a real quick fact, uh, just from a couple of quick online searches. So. Uh, it actually did hit uh, the number one on the Billboard Hot 100 uh, on November 24th, and it lasted all the way through uh, December 1st, 1979. 
Uh, and also, there was a re-release later on where it hit uh, number one on the disco charts as well, uh, which was very popular at the time. Uh, obviously, the 70s uh, with the yeah. disco. Um, it was originally recorded for the uh, Barbra Streisand's Wet album. Uh, what a title. She, she, she should have just t- titled the, uh, uh, the album Orgasm. And then I think people would also find... Uh, it would be less less provocative just saying that. Uh, people, I think, understand what wet is. Anyways, that's all I got. The song was good. Uh, enough is enough. I think definitely fits the uh, the episode, especially revolving around Meredith. Although I will say, um, I wanted I wanted this to be about Derek and Addison. It wasn't. I felt like it was more in my head about Meredith. But anyways, that's my insight to Enough is Enough. And that's it. That's all I got. So you wanted the episode to be more about Derek and Addison is what you're saying? Yes. When I listen to the song, so I, I try to listen to the song before watching the the episodes mm-hmm. and listening to um, listening to the song. So like, okay, let me pull up the lyrics here. Um, when I'm going through the entire masterpiece of this song i think okay i i thought it would be a metaphor for Derek and addison for for their love relationship oh, so you thought maybe it was going to be like the end when it's like enough is enough yeah yeah mm. uh because there's the line enough is enough i can't go on i can't go on no more uh i want him out i want him out that door which mm. i thought maybe is Derek talking about his best friend? Mm, that would be I was fair. Trying, I was trying to go real deep, right? But it didn't yeah. end up working. Um, but the song is good. It's better than that one country song that we listened to that one time. All right. Um, yes. Okay. So let's get into the deets. Okay. We have this episode aired October 2nd, 2005. So long ago. Um, it had 17.57 million views. It was directed by Peter Horton, who did the first and second episode of the first season and has now done the first and second episode of the second season. And it was written by James D. Perriott, who wrote No Man's Land in season one, which I think was the first episode not written by Shonda. So there was the episode where Izzy like gave her big speech about um, being a model. Yes. Other things happened. That's just, to me, the standout moment of that episode. Yes. So, um, bringing some people back. So, some Grey's veterans on the uh, on the directing and writing side of the show. And uh, the Netflix synopsis is, Alex helps a family make a difficult decision. George's friends urge him to be honest with Olivia. And Addison speaks with Meredith. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not terrible. Not terrible. I would say Alex helps a patient make a difficult decision, not the whole family, because he's really just helps the kid. Yeah. Um, but other than that, did they? I don't think with this good. particular uh, synopsis, they left out like uh, any any very important groundbreaking no. plot lines as some of the other ones. Like I have to go back and remember, but I remember one was like. Oh, this is what happened. Yeah, it was, and then it was not the A plot. It was like the D plot. <laughs> if that. 
I will say this does leave out all the stuff about the chief, which I do think is important. There's also nothing here about Burke um, or Christina, but that's fine. I just always want things about Burke and Christina. That's true. And can I just say, this episode left me wanting more Burke and Christina. Yeah. I'm very excited for... I was looking at the next episode and it really just kicks off like a, sh- like it's like the first domino. Like the first episode of the season was great. I think this episode is a good episode. It's fine. I don't think we'd lose much if it was gone. <laughs> we'd lose a little, but not that much. But the next episode, I feel like it's just the first domino. And then it's just like one after the other, like so many great episodes. So much, so much happens. Like, for just from here on out, I don't think there's, like, a slow episode. Like, I don't think any of the rest of the season is filler. Where this one, I think you could kind of say it's filler. Again, it's fine. It's a good episode. It's not bad by any means. It's, in my opinion, I was like, it's not one that I <clears throat> often choose to go back and rewatch, which is interesting because it does have a lot of my favorite, like, little one-liners that I, I think of a lot. So, um, but I'm excited to to get into the second season and really get to some, some peak Gray's moments. So speaking of peak Gray's moments, you know how you referenced just even a moment ago, uh, Izzy's model scene in the, uh, in the locker room with Alex. So this scene so far has, or this, this episode so far has my favorite scene that I've seen in Gray's, Gray's anatomy completely. Really? Yes. Do you want to take any guesses to which I, one it I is? I do want to guess, but I'm like, I want to look over my notes really quick to see. Was I, it with the doll guy? The guy no. who eats the Barbie doll. No, that was fucking so <laughs> dumb. Such a dumb plot that was left out, actually, on the synopsis. Yeah, that was not in the synopsis. And um, yeah, that's the whole thing. Um, is it the very first one? The very opening scene? I did have to watch that twice only because Jessica kept interrupting me. But no, it was not the opening <laughs> was she, scene. Was she interrupting you to talk about Grey's Anatomy or was she interrupting you to talk about other things? No, she was interrupting me to talk about other things. And I'm like, ah. Jessica, I have to do research. <laughs> I must study um, for Grey's it, Academy. Was it with the, the kid and Alex? No. No, all right. I'm it wasn't. not gonna guess it. I think we're just gonna we're gonna have okay. To to no, but you know what? Uh, so okay, you're you're. I feel I feel like you're gonna feel dumb when I say this now. It was the scene where Burke walks in on Shepard talking to that one surgeon who's gonna go do surgery on that. Oh, uh, that is a great scene. That that yeah. brain dead or quote unquote the, brain dead yeah. lady. Oh my gosh! It and was just so. This, yeah. It was so intense. Like yeah. there was. Uh, I watched it three times, and like we'll get into this obviously more in depth as it comes naturally in our progression with the show. But um, like when he said uh, like he's going through, okay, who, who gives the organs? Like that's, that's the patient's call who gets the organs, blah, 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 whatever else. And then when he's like, everything else that happens here, that's yeah. my call. <laughs> and I was like, everything else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it was just one, it was a great moment because I, I wanted to see George and Derek work together in that, in that moment. Um, 
And it was just a cool feeling because I don't like George. He's my least favorite character on the show, even below Alex, who Alex mm-hmm. has been on a hot streak. The guy's yeah. on fire. Uh, I like the guy now. Like, he's yeah. one of my favorite characters now. Uh, which, looking back at season one, episode two or three, I wouldn't have said that. Yeah, but how far we've come. How far we've come. Uh, and it was just a really cool moment that I think Burke could have said, hey, Derek, fuck you. I'm in charge. Deal yeah. with it. But instead, it was like this cool thing of I, I trust you. You're not my because, you know, there was that scene of I'm not your enemy. You're just my competition. Yeah. And he kind of took that all back and was like, it, it doesn't matter. I don't know. It's just a really great well, scene. Well, I think they set it up really great throughout the episode because the whole episode is kind of them back and forth. The power struggle. Like Derek is clearly unhappy that Burke is acting as chief and Burke is kind of rubbing it in a little bit. And so they set it up to where they kind of make you think that he is going to be like, oh, well, F you and your business. But he really is like, well, if my chief of neurosurgery wants it, then we're going to do it. And he really stands his ground and has Derek's back. So I think they set it up perfectly to like make it even more intense of a moment. But I also yeah. I also do love that scene. And then it's, you know, as they're talking, they, they cuts over to Christina and Meredith. Yeah, and like watching their men folk. Yes. Uh, the dick swinging, as they referred yeah. to it, uh, which it is. It's fine. It's OK. Yeah. Anyways, I just I really wanted to share that. That's going to be for sure a scene that as if, if I ever get to the point where I go back and rewatch Grey's, if we live that long, uh, <laughs> That's going to be a scene that I very much look forward to. Um, yes. So I love that. Uh, I This opening scene is, for me, one that I... It's very iconic in my mind for the Meredith and Christina relationship. And it's just got some good quotable lines. They're just yelling about the estrogen and the penises. And it's just... I love when Izzy and George walk in and she goes, Penis is Izzy. Estrogen, George. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good stuff. Um, Also, when they said the problem is tequila, the problem will never be tequila. (laughs) (laughs) The problem might be tequila if you drink too much tequila, which I know you have done. So, (laughs) no. Okay, you did too. Yeah, I'm not saying I didn't, and I am saying it was a problem. (laughs) You were there (laughs) when it was a problem. Uh, also, so is has your Netflix been skipping the recaps if they're at the beginning? Because this Netflix skipped the entire recap. All of a sudden, it was 54 seconds in, and I was like, I want to see this recap. That's Fuck you, Netflix. Weird. No, the only time I've ever had Netflix skip recaps is if I'm, like, watching it in one sitting. Like, if I just watched the previous episode, then it will skip the recap. Um, but typically if you go in and watch it, I don't think it does normally. So that's weird. Yeah, I didn't, it did not skip mine. So I did note that they're mostly reminding us about Derek and Addison, um, and Olivia and George. And then they kind of circle back to re-hit on that George is still in love with Meredith, which we all got to have an episode of not having to deal with, which was great. (laughs) Yeah. And now we're back at it (laughs) and it's not great. And we are back to George. (laughs) Yes. And his bullshit. And his bullshit. So, yeah, that was the main takeaway from, well, and the kind of reminder that Christina and Burke aren't together. Meredith did not forgive Derek. George and Olivia have syphilis problems. <laughs> I um, really did not. What That was a subplot I did not like in this episode. 
Yeah, it it seemed a little uh, repetitive to me, to be honest. Like it just it took a minute to get to the point, in my opinion. Yeah, but also, I know we're gonna get here more, but George kind of sucks. Correct. Like, <laughs> I know that he's my least favorite character, but he does not know how to talk to women. But, like, sometimes he does, which is why it makes no sense. Like, sometimes he is fine, and sometimes he is just not fine at all. <laughs> and I don't understand. There's not a lot of consistency to it. No. it's It varies writer to writer. Yeah, it's, it's, I just don't. I mean, even sometimes within one episode, he'll be talking normal. And then, like, two scenes later, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. It's my George impression. <laughs> That actually, so were you quoting the hallway scene when he mm-hmm. found out, when he was trying to talk about the syphilis? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I no, can tell. I was, and I was quoting when he's uh, ignoring Olivia. And sucks. Yeah, he is just the worst. Um, okay, so, yes. So we talked about the opening scene a little bit. They're just going, uh, I do love also when Christina says he broke up with me like it's business, like it's like I'm his business, like he's the boss of me. And Meredith goes, he is the boss of you. <laughs> Yeah. I just love it. And then when she says, he turned me into a fat, stupid, pregnant lady who cares. <laughs> she just a lot of good lines. Is not even showing. Yeah. And she's already like, I'm a fat, stupid, pregnant it's, lady. I, When she said that, and because of the timeline, like where we are in the show and where we were like at the end of this last season, it kind of made me stop and think and go like, did she change her mind about this abortion? Because she hasn't brought it back up again. Like, she brought it up last episode to tell Meredith she was going to do it. But she has not done it. Um, and she's kind of saying, like, oh, he turned me into this fat pregnant person who cares. And, like, all, all, my, all my hormones are raging. And, like, it's just interesting to me. I'm like, are they trying to imply that maybe at this point she is no longer as certain as she once was? That that was the right choice. But I don't know. So does she keep it? You do know. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I know what happens, but I don't think that this point is really ever made clear. But does she keep it? She keeps living. <laughs> that was that was a misdirect, you <laughs> son of a gun. I'm she shaking my fist at you. being a doctor. Okay, so she has the baby. And Burke she... and her live happily ever after. Do you remember the other time when you were like, how many of my predictions were correct? <laughs> and you said every single one of them? I said none of them. <laughs> so that pr- so they don't end up together, and she has the abortion. I didn't say either of those things. Uh, this is the <laughs> hardest part about watching this show. I know. I can't, I can't just bug you in the movie theater going, what does that mean? You know, like Jessica would. Well, it's the hardest part about watching this show in this manner because you absolutely could do this if I was just making you watch Grey's Anatomy in real life and I would probably just tell you. Well, I would say, do you really want me to tell you? And then I would just tell you. And I would say right now, yes, I really want you to tell me, but I don't want you to tell me, you know? Then I wouldn't tell you. Yeah, don't tell me. I want to be surprised well, or disappointed. because of content, but... That's fair. Um, so anyone listening to this episode, in seven episodes, if she's still pregnant, like... <laughs> Look back then on this we'll episode. Know. Then we'll know. <laughs> we'll know. Keep... <laughs> um, okay, so then we get to the Derek talking to Meredith outside of the hospital, which I also love because, first of all, he 
I hate him. In this in this moment, I really want to punch him in the face because he's like, "Why are you still mad?" He's like, "Didn't you hear my speech about what Addison did to me? <laughs> Doesn't that forgive any wrong I've ever done ever in my life?" And he's still not apologizing. That is what really pisses me off. Is this man has he's asking for forgiveness, but he's not actually asking for it. He's just sorry. He's expecting forgiveness, but he's not asking for it. And it's a uh, typical doctor move. Typical man. I'm just kidding. That is that is just typical person, entitled person. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and it's it's very he's basically implying that at what Addison did excuses everything he did, even though they're very separate and Addison did something to him and then he went and did something to someone else. So that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't if someone in your life hurts you, you don't it's not a free pass to go out into the world and hurt other people. No, no. And so I would say, and and I've never been in this scenario, I have a hard time understanding a little bit of where Meredith is at right now, only because he he wasn't a different person. He wasn't, yes, okay, I understand where she's at when when they're at the airstream and he's saying, oh, you know, I was drowning and you rescued me. That's not enough. Okay, yes, agreed. I'm on Mer- I'm in team Meredith. But I don't think Derek is as wrong as Meredith is making him. I just Does that make think, sense? Am I am I articulating that okay enough? Yeah, it makes sense. I just disagree. <laughs> because okay. she just he, Okay, but the number one thing that I cannot emphasize enough is he has not apologized. He has not apologized yes, other I agree. than when he said Meredith, I'm so sorry before Addison walked over. That's the only time this man has apologized. <laughs> Um, which is fucked up. And so that is my number one issue. My other issue is he's like very, it's been, so the first episode of the season picked up right after Addison showed up. This episode is not much longer, right? Because she's just was in the, we are assuming the night before in the bar getting wasted. So it's been like less than three days at most. And he's just not even like letting her, he's like, aren't you over my lie? that I lied to you for two months about. And then my <laughs> wife just showed up to tell you that she's my wife. Aren't you over that yet? I, you, I feel like you should be. So you can move, move on with that. And it's just so annoying. I, I, I agree. I understand. I don't think the, the punishment matches the crime. The punishment of ending the relationship absolutely matches the crime. Because if one person wants to end the relationship, that's what they get to do. It does not matter. No, no, no. I, I think that she's totally uh, entitled to break up with him. But like, I don't know. I, I guess we could spend we could spend probably an entire episode <laughs> on the philosophy of dating and what would ha- what would you do in that scenario. But as far as I'm concerned, he's si- emotionally he's single, which I think obviously they don't have the divorce all set up. So that in that case, it's wrong, right? But I I think that even if he tells her straight up in the beginning that I'm separated. We're going, I'm going through a divorce. I still think that if he was honest up front, they date. Yeah. That's absolutely. I think my why. thing is honestly, even if you rewind to the end of season one where he says, I need to tell you something like when they're going to go out to dinner and she says, well, let's go out first. And then Addison shows up. I believe if he had told her then I still think she would maybe, I don't, I think she would have been surprised maybe like a little upset, but I don't think it would be the anger that it currently is. And I think the whole issue is that it didn't come from him and also the waiting. But I think even if he had waited and 
and told her when he it kind of set up that he was going to, I think it would have been a very different outcome that would have been more in his favor. Agreed. Also, just so we don't spend an entire episode on this opening scene before we even have the <laughs> opening montage, uh, I gotta say, they're fighting and like really yelling at each other in the in front of the hospital. Is yeah. there no more decorum in this professional this environment? This show does this a lot, where they're just like yelling in the hospital or like having aggressive conversations in hallways or like sometimes even in front of patients. And it is crazy to think about ever being in that situation like can you imagine if you and jessica were like going into the hospital to give birth and you like rolled past these doctors screaming at each other outside no thank you um i, I would imagine like something says, really big oh what, 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 what would you say i just like when she says he said something and and she was like oh you have marital amnesia like you forgot you were married <laughs> I just oh <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, anyways, so then, then they go into the hospital. So yes. we'll, we'll finally go off of that subject. And then Derek and Burke have their first power struggle of the episode. And I said, and Derek is not winning. No. And then, uh, who's, uh, so uh, they were talking about mine's bigger than yours, Christina yeah. says. And then Alex, typical <laughs> Alex, walks up, whip it out, I'll measure. Uh <laughs> Like, okay, that's it's very kind of funny, but very HR inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, if we had a tally, I think we'd already be upwards of like 100. <laughs> yeah, he's for sure. He would get fired if this was today's world or if it was a real hospital, I guess, at all. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we get the, the first uh, ambulance shows up from this car accident, which is most of the patients from this episode are the car accident people. And so the first one shows up and they're like, yeah. It took us 20 minutes to get him out of the car and 20 minutes to get here. And he hasn't been alive for any of those minutes. So they're like, cool. So he's dead. And she, Bailey's like, no, you have to go in and save him. And so George and Meredith go in to save the dead guy. Um, and Olivia's there. Olivia's there. And it is uncomfortable. <laughs> it's palpable how awkward that scene was. It is. Yeah, there's a couple in this episode where I was like, I would love to not watch this. That's so uncomfortable. <laughs> this is like episode one of the office cringe level. Yeah. And then um, the other ambulance with the other car gets there. And so there were three people in the other car. The driver who went into the wrong lane on the highway, which we find out more about later. Uh, his wife and his 18-year-old son. And the, the wife is very concerned. Like, the second she gets out of the car, she's like, make sure everyone knows that, he, like, he has a bad liver. Make sure, you know, he's a bad liver. Make sure. So that's impressed upon us from the first moment we see this man is, like, he has liver problems in addition to uh, having been hit by a car or having flipped his own car into the opposite lane on the highway. Um, <laughs> then we meet Mr. Hubble. Yeah. In the ER. Bailey pulls Meredith to go to the emergency room because this man has a bowel obstruction. And it is implied that this is not an uncommon occurrence in this hospital and that it looks like uh, typically what people are ingesting are balloons filled with drugs so that they can smuggle them across borders and whatnot. And so that is what everyone is assuming. And we find out later that that is not the case. <laughs> So and they I, say I could be drugs. wrong. I could be wrong. 
I think you skipped a couple of things there. Go ahead. So, one, between the car crash scene and the Mr. Hubble introduction, uh, who I know him from a couple of places, which I'll share in a moment, uh, we have our intro montage. Yes, um, right after the bowel obstruction is the intro montage, which it was six minutes and 30 seconds before the intro song. Oh, okay. Well, then my notes are out of whack, and you didn't miss anything. So continue. <laughs> um, so then after that, we go to Weber, and he's like mad that Derek's examining him because uh, they say it a lot in this show, doctors make the worst patients. And it seems true that none of these people, when they are in need of medical assistance, want to take the medical assistance. Um, so we see that a lot with Weber. Um, and then... <laughs> big reveal he's married he has a wife she shows up after multiple episodes of him talking about how you can't have anything outside of this job if you're the chief of surgery in walks adele weber his wife of many many years were you yeah, surprised i was surprised but not very surprised because i didn't even with his conversation with burke i didn't think that this man was single or divorced. Right. He carries himself like a married man. I don't know what it is about him. And the funniest part about that, so he goes, you called my wife. And then Derek yeah. said, you called mine. That's one of my favorite lines. It's so good. Um, and then obviously there's the very uncomfortable scene with, with Addison right there. And, Which I know, also love. Yeah. Uh, did you guys try counseling? Oh, well, no, the adultery kind of did it. <laughs> you had counseling? Uh, we had adultery. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. But um, I like that in a very short scene, they establish again that Derek and Addison have a history with Richard and Adele. She says, oh, I knew you two would get back together. And he's like, we're not, whatever. But there's there's clear, clearly a, a relationship beforehand that exists. And it's nice that they, they show us that. And um, also... Derek says, oh, the, I called her because I'm not going to let you go home if you're going home alone. Do we believe that? Or do we think it was spiteful? Well, I think it really doesn't matter if it was personal or business because Weber established that it also doesn't fucking matter if it's yeah, personal or business. Everything is personal with these people. They just everything say it's is not personal. personal. Yeah. Uh, I will. Okay. So th pause. My thought, my, my stream of consciousness, the note that I wrote was, okay, well, what does this mean? Like, does Burke know that Weber's married? Mm -hmm. Because does that go back and will that play into Christina and him being together? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah? Is it a good question, Kelsey? I mean, it reveals later on in the episode that Burke does know that he's married because he knew Adele. Like, Adele was, like, talking to him. She's like, oh, you'd be perfect for this, whatever, whatever. That's right. That's right. Um. So it does, like, they, he does know that he's married, but, you know, as someone who works in the hospital, he also has to know how much Richard is at the hospital. So it would beg the question of, well, I can't have a life because I'm never not here, but you're also never not here, and you have a wife. So what are, like, how are you prioritizing your time? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Didn't even think of that. You can have both. You can, you can do both. both. Yes. The show does... A lot of times make it seem like you cannot, but it is possible. Lots of people do it. Um, it just depends on people. Again, people prioritize what they want to prioritize. 
and people are allowed to have different priorities. Like if people don't want to have a family, they just want to have a very successful career and that's all they want to focus on. That's fine. But if you want both, I think you can have both. Also, if you want a great family and like no career, go for that. Do whatever you want. Like people can just live very different lives. And just because someone else's definition of success or dreams is different than yours, doesn't mean it's bad or unattainable. Yeah, the most important thing at the end of the day is if you got a dream, go and chase it. <laughs> yes, that is the most important thing. <laughs> um, Crossover episode. <laughs> so then they cut to the the kid from the car accident, and he basically I thought I took note of the fact that initially he only asks about his mom. He does not ask how his dad is doing, and they they make it pretty clear that he's not a fan of his dad. As soon as I saw they were cutting back and forth for the mom and the son, yeah, I was like, that dude beats his family. That's for yeah. sure what's happening. I, While this storyline is very sad, I love the way that they they do that um, back and forth cut um, to, fray, to set up the family dynamic. Because it's so, it's such a stark difference between the two stories of what has happened that it is clear one of them is lying. And I mean, I think everyone's assumption is going to be that the mom is lying because why, why would the son lie about him being angry? <laughs> yeah. There's it, no there's motive more for motivation for her to lie than there yeah. is for him to lie. So uh, yeah, it's pretty clear that he's a shit human being. Uh, and then they go and we learn that the liver is, if the liver is not uh, replaced basically immediately, then it's going to be an issue that essentially there's no reason to save his life if he can't have a new liver because he's just going to die. Yeah. One thing I will say with, with those particular scenes and the buildup with the dialogue, mm -hmm. it was interesting. Well, just in general with the show and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they had made, made sure that they knew once he got on the donor list and he needed to get a replacement for his liver, he stopped drinking, but yeah. it's an interesting thing that the beating and the abuse piece wasn't connected to the drinking. It was just interesting which pieces of the guy's profile they chose to highlight within his yeah, anger or aggression within the situation. Yeah. But he's a shit person no matter what. But it was just interesting the the uh, verbiage that they used to set up this yeah. guy's profile. Because you never meet him. Well, I think also... I don't remember how they said it in this episode, but in other episodes they say you have to be sober for a certain amount of time before you can even get on the transplant list. So I don't know if he stopped drinking long enough to get on that, but I think it's multiple years that you have to be sober before you can be on the transplant list. I don't know if they touched on that. I also don't know if that's real life or just Grey's Anatomy. So I don't know either. If you're I've a doctor, never had a liver transplant. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> if you're a doctor out there listening to us, let us know. We'd like to know. Uh, Christina's examining the mom. She has bruises. The mom again lies. This is when we're we're starting to put two and two together. This dad is a garbage person who hits his wife. Um, just not 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 good, not good. Um, then we cut back to George and Olivia still working on the dead guy, and Bailey comes in and is talking to him, and she's trying to teach him a lesson, but he can't figure out what it is, and uh, so he's just annoyed that he has to do his job at work. 
He's annoyed that he has to hump. And, uh, yeah, he's obviously uh, doesn't want to be in there with Olivia, but Olivia or not, I think he would have been a turd. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And then uh, Bal guy, Mr. Hubble, Meredith is trying to get him to tell her what it is he ingested, and he's just being creepy, and he's like, oh, you have such amazing features. You look like a porcelain doll. I'm a creepy weirdo. (laughs) Yeah, that line makes way more of a weirdness uh, nail on the head once you find out. He's like, oh, so what you're saying is you want to eat her head. Yes. (laughs) Um, I never understood why. They never explained why. It's, I wrote at the end, the note that I wrote, um, it says, Meredith does not find out why this man swallows those dolls' head. And still to this day, I wonder why every time this episode comes on or I think about this episode. To this day, I am like, someone tell me why this man is doing it. Yeah, it makes no sense. Even if it was like, okay, so Meredith asks at the end, he's like, oh, do you really want to know? And she's like, oh, is it TMI? Maybe. Uh." Like, tell someone else. (laughs) Or like, whisper it to yourself under your breath as she walks away. Give us some closure. Yeah, Yeah, I don't care if Meredith has closure, but I need to know. I Yes, I I need it. I'm a nosy bitch, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Also, so I recognized him right away. uh, And there are three shows that he is in that I recognized him from. Okay. Uh, number one, Suits. I he played yeah. Father Walker. Did you watch Suits? No, but when I was doing Living in Shondaland, I took note that he was in s- a multiple episodes of Suits because I knew that you watched it, and I was like, Carmen, this. I was gonna say, Carmen, this is where you know that guy from. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, he was in an episode of Burn Notice as Jake Miller, and an episode of Psych as Wes Hildenbach. You and those USA shows. You just I love, love USA. You are the only person keeping USA running. <laughs> I, listen, all those shows, Royal Pains, oh uh, White Collar, you, you you put it on USA Network, I'm watching it. I will, was Catherine Heigl also in Suits? Catherine Heigl was in the last two seasons of Suits. Okay, then my mom also watched Suits, because uh, there was one that you watched that my mom also watched, and I knew it was the one with Catherine Heigl in it. Because when yes. she told me, I was like, oh, you and Carmen, wow, you, you guys are probably the only ones watching this show. No, it's so, so also sidebar real quick, uh, USA network, uh, put out a psych movie, the third one on, uh, Peacock TV direct to direct to streaming. And there was, they made a reference, uh, they're like, Oh, don't you watch TV? And one of the characters was like, no, not since 2014. And the other character was like, well, I only caught the last two seasons of suits and, (laughs) It was 2014 was the last season they did of Psych Live, and the other character was in the last two seasons of Suits. So Incredible. it's just, <laughs> Calling it's it one up. of those meta level humor. Anyways. Uh, well, since we're taking a break, we can go ahead and do Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Nice. Beautiful. Nailed it. That Loved was that thunder one. and lightning. Um, so this one has a couple of people that were in multiple episodes. So we'll start with Mr. Hubble. He was in an episode of Private Practice. Oh, private um, his name is Scott Michael Campbell. And then the mom from the car accident, her name is Romy Rosemont. And she was in one episode of How to Get Away with Murder, two episodes of Scandal, and one episode of Private Practice. So she's also got four out of five, right? Because it's the big ones are Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, Station 19, 
How to Get Away with Murder, Murder Scandal. Those are the ones that were all on ABC. And then Bridgerton, obviously, is the one that was uh, Netflix. And I'm really, I don't know because I haven't watched Bridgerton. I'm really hoping we will come across someone who was also in Bridgerton. Like, that is what I hope that we will eventually find. I'm hoping it's one of the main characters, too, because then I'd be like, oh, I know that person. Because Jessica yes. watched Bridgerton and really <laughs> liked it. I am. Uh, I really hope that we. That is the crossover event that we get. <laughs> um, <laughs> In character. And then Jim Gleason, who was the the uh, doctor that uh, was performing the operation on the dad, doing the the one that was like, "Why mm. find a liver or let me stop?" <laughs> yeah. Um. He was also in an episode of Private Practice. So. Those were just those three this episode. So. That was that was Shondaland. Uh, okay, so back to. The guy saying it's not drugs, and then it, the other guy saying it's drugs. Uh, and then, so, the x-rays come back from the kid and the mom, and Alex is working with the kid, and Christina is working with the mom. She They're, like, converging with Bailey to kind of update her and, and see what needs to be done next. Luckily, the kid really didn't get many injuries in the accident. They're basically saying, hold him overnight to make sure there's no, like, residual late effects or anything like that but he's good just we're just going to observe him overnight then we get the the films from the mom and her insides are destroyed because this man has been kicking the shit out of her for so many years yeah it's insane i what is he just taking her and throwing her down the stairs once a week honestly it's absurd like she's got broken ribs she's got internal bleeding like wounds that have healed incorrectly and i mean they know from the second they put those x-rays up that she's abused because bailey says like oh either she's a bull rider or she's abused uh it's just constant you can tell that it's someone who's just constantly taking beatings i'll never understand it on both on both ends how a man can do that to his wife and how the wife can take it i'll never understand it yeah it's it's definitely intense and they i think I like the way that this episode handles it. Obviously, you and I have not been in abusive relationships because we're lucky that we have partners who love and respect us. Um, So again, it's hard to say for certain, oh, I can do this or I would do this. Um, But uh, I think they handled the storyline in a good way because a lot of people in it have very strong feelings about it. And it's kind of the first time we see some people have a trouble separating their feelings from the medicine about it. Like Izzy uh, is always that way. She's just always too making things personal, but it's really the first time we see it from Christina. And I'd say probably the second time from Alex only because the, the first time he got personally involved with the patient was the guy who was also from where he was from in Illinois. Iowa. Iowa. He's Iowa. And uh, that was kind of the first time we saw him, like, connecting with a patient. And so it's it was nice to see him connect with a patient again. Like you said, Alex is on a hot streak of episodes. The episode with Joe last, last week was great. So uh, just how much we learn about his past and how we as the audience learn it, like, watching him use that information to connect and, like, build this relationship with a kid who really needs to hear this, it's it just makes you like Alex. It's hard to not like him after this episode. Even if he's, like, also being a jerk about it to Izzy or other people, you're still kind of, I'm like, well, he's right. So everyone be on yeah. his side. 
It's also, it's interesting because it came so fast. I genuinely think they were in a writing room going, guys, everyone hates Alex. Let's do something about this. Yeah. And they're like, okay, let's fuck George up because now everyone, we want everyone to like Alex. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's happened so quick. You have to get to a point where you're like, okay, how much of a dick can we make it before it's like not recoverable? Which like with George, he's not an asshole. He's not a jerk. He's not rude he's just annoying so that i think is maybe easy to recover from because you just stop making him annoying but when someone is actively being like a jerk and treating people wrongly and rudely it is you have to say okay at some point people aren't gonna doesn't matter how nice we make him people aren't gonna forgive it so i think they really hit the line like right where they needed to of turning it around and because you still see hints of those like past personality is like come out like he's still snarky he still has his bro moments he still snaps at people a lot he's still not vulnerable with like the other doctors really uh, we only see it with uh patients but it's it's a very believable character arc at this point so 100% like agree it. that was that was really a really good summation good job Grey's anatomy yeah um so okay so then meredith comes in and she's got bow guys update uh x-rays and she puts them up she's like it's drugs there's 10 balloons and they put them up and they're like okay this is what we're gonna do we have to pull out his entire bowel and like feel the whole thing and then squeeze out the balloons <laughs> so gross Which in itself is fucking ridiculous it's all so what gross. they say all 36 feet yeah out of the body are long it's crazy. Um, and so then they're about to turn and leave. And Alex goes, are you sure these are drugs? And Bailey's like, why wouldn't they be? And he goes, well, this one has a face. And so they adjust <laughs> the light behind the x-ray and they see that they all have faces. And they, they're basically Grey's Anatomy's version of Barbie dolls. Which is... Unsettling. <laughs> unsettling for a number of reasons. How the fuck did that guy just swallow that? How did and you not ten of them, they're not die? small. That's what, like the the amount of like dedication to this cause <laughs> is insane. Like this unknown much, cause. Yes, exactly. Like this is one of those things where if this guy had come in and they were like he shoved ten doll heads up his butthole, that would be more believable to me than him swallowing them all. Because, ha- like, think about the size of a Barbie head. That is, it's not small. And they all still have hair on them. I just, this man should be a competitive eater. Because he was And admitted to a psych ward. (laughs) The guy, he needs mental help. They, they have psych come down and the guy's like, yeah, he's fine. He just is a, he just has a weird fetish. That's essentially what it comes down to. (laughs) Another thing I won't understand. Weird fetishes like that. Yeah. But the one doctor said, oh, he likes the way it feels when it comes out. Is yeah, that doc- true, though? Well, because he was basically listing all the things that it could be. So he's like, oh, it could be the uncontrollable pica, which is an uncontrollable urge to eat anything and everything around you. Um, and then it, he said it could be like an OCD t- trait. And then he was like, he might just like the way it feels. And she says, how would you like the way it feels? He was, well, he would like them when he came when it came out. Which honestly, the way he answers the question at the end makes me think that that is what he was doing. Yeah, 
Also, I'm glad that you clarified that that's the Grey's Anatomy version of a Barbie doll because I was like, I even wrote in my notes, what the fuck is a Judy doll? I mean, that was my assumption is that it's the Barbie doll. Cause, and when they look at them, like they're plastic and they have different, you know, different versions where they all come with different little items and different uh, career paths. And so that's just my assumption is that they did not want to pay for the rights to say Barbie. So they just didn't. So there's... Nope. Yep. It's made for Grey's Anatomy. Yep. Um, so then they kind of cut to them talking about Judy dolls. And Christina is saying that when she was little and she had them, she was basically performing surgery on them. So she's been this way her whole life. Meredith said she never had Judy dolls, but she always wanted them. So kind of brings her childhood into question um, because, you know, she has a very successful doctor mother but apparently not a lot of toys that she wanted. So what's what did she have? What was happening? Alone um, time. Yeah. And then uh, Bailey is very into them, and I think it's so funny. Yeah. In the, sur- in the surgery as they're coming yeah. out, she's like, oh, this is so-and-so, Judy. She had a yellow jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Just a very specific skill. Um, and then... Okay, so again, the dad from the car accident is going to die if he doesn't get the liver. So they're trying to figure that out. George and Olivia are still awkward. And she. this is when she's basically like, things happen and you wish you could change them. Uh, blah, 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 blah. She's doing that thing where you're trying to say something without saying it, which I find annoying. Because if you have something to say, just say it. Life is too short and people don't have time to decipher your code. Yeah, but also George isn't really giving her much to go on because he's completely ignoring everything in that moment. But to me, that just makes me that would make me as a person be even more straightforward. Like, even if you're if you ignore me and I'm like on a tirade trying to get you to respond and you're not responding, that's not going to make me not talk more. That's going to make me say all of the things. I can confirm that this is true. (laughs) Uh it wasn't so. a it wasn't a good scene for George, although the yeah. guy did finally fucking die. Yeah, but I don't know. So that dynamic initially, the first time when they were all in the, in the room together, I was like, oh, okay, so they broke up, got it. But yeah. then when they're talking, I'm like, okay, so they didn't, which goes into a, obviously a later scene of when everyone's like, George, just tell her, be honest. Yeah, uh, I kind whatever. of took it as maybe like at this point George has just essentially ghosted her. So, yes, there In has person. not been a definitive end, but they, yeah, he's basically just started ignoring her, but they work together. So, it's not like he physically cannot ghost that person. So, I do agree with uh, that he, you know, should deliver the closure. But that's kind of was my interpretation of what happened is basically he was like mad about the syphilis. So, he just started ignoring her. Yeah. And then. Um, and then after that, so they have that. So this this here, I actually didn't like. Well, unless there's a scene that I missed, but I didn't like the scene with Alex and uh, him sharing the butt doll stuff in the elevator with that guy. Oh. I mean, I liked that scene because that's kind of the first moment of connection that Alex has with that kid because he's like trying to distract him and then he realizes it's not working and so he just... Like, he's like, listen, I've literally been there. My dad did the same thing. Sometimes in life you have shit, shit dads. <laughs> Here we are. 
Like Marlo, gonna have a shit dad. Yeah, the worst. That guy sucks. I need to start hitting Jessica is what I need to do. Please don't. I will come and kill you. <laughs> I love my wife. I would never do that. I know you wouldn't. It Plus, seemed she like could probably take you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a wimp. I have a low pain threshold. She just She's go for the feisty. nipple. Yeah, she she gets one nipple in my hand or one finger and I'm toast. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't I don't know I, I just didn't it, it, to me that felt forced. I think you could have gone right to, uh, the conversation about having shit dads without the, the butt. I basically any conversation about the guy with the the dolls in his butt I didn't like. That's that's basically just where I'm coming from. <laughs> Stupid guy's a fucking idiot, and I'm more annoyed that we never get closure of what fucking happened. <laughs> um. So then we learn that the son is a match for the dad and they've already established this like pre this accident. He's gone to counseling to like talk to a counselor about potentially donating to Oregon. And, uh, but he's in not an easy spot to decide because his dad is a shit human being. So it's like, what, what is, what do you do? Um, and Christina straight up says family members shouldn't donate organs out of obligation and it pisses Burke off because he doesn't know the whole story now. And he says that later when they have their, their business in the hallway, which again is, uh, uh, pretty loud. Yeah. Not quiet. And Burke says like, well, I didn't know that, but he also says, but it, it does, it doesn't change my job as a doctor. Which is where, and this honestly uh, happens a lot in this show where they have to save someone who is a shitty person and they know that they're shitty people. And that is, you know, a situation that I would not, I'm not envious of the choices that you have to make in those kinds of situations. Like when they had to save that rapist with the penis bit off. Exactly. Um, so, and they, they mentioned that a couple of times, you know, it's not your job and it's true. It's not, you're not judge and jury, but it just sucks to be in that position, which is kind of in a, in a way, the same position that the son is in except worse because it's his dad. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, okay, would I do it for a family member? I don't know. It would be easier to do it. And regret saving the life, then not do it and regret not saving a life. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, and Burke and Christina get, get a little salty in their argument. You know, he says something and she's like, oh, you've made that perfectly clear. And he snaps back. He's like, oh, good. <laughs> They're getting a little, uh, a little relationshipy arguments. I, but I like it. Yeah, oh, I love I, it. I want they them have, to be together. Just be great, together. Yeah, they have great chemistry. Um, anytime they're doing a scene together, even later on when they're not snarking at each other, it's still, they're just so good together um, to watch. <laughs> so <then laughs> Meredith comes up with the bowel obstruction x-ray and she's like, Dr. Burke, we have an emergency. Like, you need to bum someone so we can have an OR. And he shows, and Patricia's there. I just love this woman so much. She's like, oh, that one looks like it's shouting. Help, let me out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. She gets three minutes of screen time, but it's so good. She's such a goober. And I love it. 
Um, so then uh, Bert goes into the chief's office. Adele is there gather- gathering some shit for him to take so he can continue to try and be the chief from home. And Burke is there and she's then she does the same lecture where she's like, oh, this job would be perfect for you, Preston, because you don't give a shit about anything except for this hospital. Yeah. And then in that same conversation, she's like, maybe I'll finally be able to book a, in a, a vacation for two. Yeah. What? I can't imagine in a world where I would be OK with Jess going on a vacation and not me. I'd be like, no. <laughs> if you're on vacation, I'm on vacation. Yeah, I think the issue is he doesn't he like refuses to take a vacation. He refuses to take time off. Well, that's why he, he got a brain tumor. <laughs> exactly. He grew it himself. Directly correlated. Uh okay. And then Izzy in this episode was pissing me off because she was in the same situation where she didn't know all of the facts and but she's like pushing this kid to do it and i just can't help but think if she had been in alex's position where she was with the kid or the mom she would have been very against it and it's just very annoying to me how involved she gets so quickly every time and she really wasn't even a integral part of those conversations beforehand no she was just in the liver surgery that's like where she's been the whole episode yeah. She's like, um, I'm sorry, people are getting abused out here. Yeah. Um, well, I really want to do this surgery, so uh, Alex is mad at Izzy because he, she doesn't know the whole story, which is fair because he does know and has been there. Is this the scene where they're outside at this point? Uh, or no, is this later? Bef- okay, because that scene is good. Yeah. Um, so then we get Addison trying to talk to Meredith. She's basically like, are you and Derek still together? Are we in high school? I want to ask you about my boyfriend, <laughs> who is my husband, but your boyfriend. Uh, I do, and as, as much as I love Addison, I did I did find this wildly obnoxious. Because um, she's like, oh, you didn't take him back? Good girl. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah, good girl. Pats on the head. Click, truly. treat. <laughs> yeah, um, so, and I, I respect Meredith. She was like, no, and moving forward, I would like to keep our relationship strictly professional, which is an appropriate way to ask that, and also an appropriate request. And uh, Addison just like, well, I'm just going to keep talking to you about my personal life. <laughs> um, because I can separate babies from the womb, so listen to me. It's interesting that Addison is trying to defend herself to Meredith, because Meredith does not give a shit. Like, Addison is not who her issue is with. Right. She knows what Addison do- did, and she probably, I'm sure she has thoughts about it, but sh- her issue is with Derek, not Addison. So it's a, it's weird to me that Addison is like so adamant about defending herself. It was it was also interesting too the the good girl thing was that is that a foreshadowing of some sorts? Are there more uh, skeletons in Derek's closet that we don't know about? And that was what my head immediately thought. How do you mean? I don't know. I just felt like, okay, Addison is working on getting back together, right? So I, I understand that she wants to be with him. But she also seems to me like a person who has some sort of manipulative side to her. The people who are drawn 
to or manipulative manipulative people are drawn to people with some sort of skeletons in their closet because then they can manipulate them, which is why I thought that maybe there was something Derek had going on in his past that was a dark shadow. Maybe he killed someone on this operating table and they the hospital covered it up and he's wanted for murder in four states. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I thought I it was some I sort mean, of foreshadowing. I think what Derek did was manipulative. It's all manipulative. <laughs> so I think but maybe manipulative, manipulative people, people are drawn to manipulative people. <laughs> And they yes. can just sit around manipulating each other. But to this point, Derek has been the one who was wronged because Addison From what cheated. we know, yeah. From what Derek we know. was wronged in the that's, small version of the story we know. That's why I thought maybe there's something else, which you mm. just confirmed. Thank you. Well, I think the something else is that Derek sucks. Oh, interesting. Foreshadowing. Um, so then they're all at lunch. They're debating if the dad deserved to live. George is there. He's annoying. Uh, just a classic Grace moment of everyone hanging out. And that's and when going they yell at, in on George. Yeah, that's when they are just dragging the shit out of George. And then Izzy's like, ugh, you're so annoying. Stop loving other people. And that's when Meredith and Christina both yell at George. So, because of the estrogen, George. Because of all the estrogen. Well, yeah, but also... Okay, at this point in the episode, and I still stick to this, Olivia deserved a second chance... Also, George, Meredith doesn't, she doesn't like you. (laughs) You're not likable. I don't like you either. No one likes you. Shonda doesn't even like you. (laughs) Clearly. Just, they're giving you Olivia. Take it. Honestly. And my thing is like, I don't understand why he went with Olivia, went out with Olivia in the first place. Because it's not like he has now developed the feelings for Meredith. Like, he had the feelings forever. So he's just being a turd. So he got what he deserved. <laughs> um, and then there's just the Derek and Burke harassing each other about the chief again. Just like a quick little scene. And then I love when Meredith is talking to the doll guy and she says, why 10 doll heads? She goes, because 11 would have been too much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the line. Um, and then they bring in the organ donor. George and Olivia are together again. It's awkward again. And that's when George figures out that the organ donor isn't brain dead and and fights for... Well, he kind of argues with the guy who's going to do the surgery, but that's not the thing that we've already talked about yet. Um, Because then we go to Christina um, talking to the wife. And I really like this scene because as much as sometimes Christina's bedside manner is brash, I think this scene calls for it because she's just like just like these are the facts this is what it is and then the lady goes well have you ever been in love and she just goes even love has its limits which is a line that i love i think that's such a good line and um i think it really ties into this story really well and again it's very hard to say oh if i was in this situation i would do x y and z for sure because if you haven't been in a situation you you don't know but i i just think that it goes Back to what I was saying about how they just handle this storyline very well. Well, it's also funny, too, because and obviously there's a much heavier overarching theme that you that you mentioned. And I think it's a very it calls for the seriousness. But I wrote down the, the lady asked Christina, have you ever been in Love Doctor? And I wrote down that that's the punctuation is very important there <laughs> because it's have you ever been in love, doctor? Or 
it sounds like a TV show that would have aired in the 70s. Have you ever been in Love Doctor? I am certain there is a show called Love Doctor. Or at least a song. Love Doctor. There's for sure uh There uh, is a song by Tucka. There are multiple songs. Album Groove City. Dr. Terry, the Love Doctor. All right. <laughs> this is a whole other Dr. Christina, Love Doctor. <laughs> uh so then we get to um the George and Derek and Burke organ donor situation that we already touched on. That's not my call. You know what is everything else. Badass moment. Great. So good. Back. Great scene. Really establishes, honestly, that if given the job, Burke would make a great chief. That's, to me, what that really drives home. Well, and he, um, he successfully bumped all the surgeries that needed to be done the, that entire mm-hmm. day. And also, he was kind of just like a dick, but in a very professional way. So good for you for towing that line, because that can be a hard one to, to walk. And he just really did it well. Um, so I love that. Uh, and then this is where, well, Alex goes to get the kid to take him on a walk. And then they have the conversation when they're outside. And Izzy hears some of it, which is another humanizing moment for her to realize that Alex is not just evil spawn. He's um, a person behind his facade. So she learns about him. And again, the connection between him and the kid is great. And he gives insight without giving any pressure. He just kind of shares his story, which helps Scotty to make the decision that he's going to make. Yeah, it's... This is a good version of Alex. Yes, this is the best version of Alex, arguably. And honestly, even this version of Alex paired with that opening line of, like, whip it out, I'll measure. Like, they hit a sweet spot in this episode with Alex of being a douchebag and also this good guy. Yeah. And it's very interesting. So, because it also sets up this layer of guilt that he has had to deal with, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he gets to the point where he beats the shit out of his dad. His dad leaves, never comes back. Unless I am remembering that scene incorrectly. No, that's what he said. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I, I relate to that in a lot of different ways. And it's just very, I know that this isn't a real person, but yeah. they really, this, this, this episode was, Alex is the hero of this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a real person, but these are real problems that people have. And it's yeah. not its not an uncommon. This is not a rare situation, unfortunately. Um, so again, I, I think the handling of it is, is just very well done. And I agree. Alex is one of the few people involved in this case that doesn't pressure anybody and really is kind of thinking long term about like what it's going to do to this kid mentally on either end. So I I just really think he is just an A++ doctor and a person in this episode. Yeah. And then the freaking decision. Yes. Holy cow. Did you think he was going to say yes? I I, I thought for dramatic purposes that he was going to have to say yes. Yeah. I didn't see the conditions. The the conditions that he put on that. Yeah. I did not see that coming. And then she agrees because obviously they they have the cut scene where they're doing the surgery – and she's talking to the cops. Yes, which definitely implies that she is 
uh, has agreed to the son's conditions. And also my thing with, it's like, yeah, because he says, oh, we have to leave. Well, it doesn't matter if you leave or not, because if she tells him the truth about what the happened in the car accident, that guy's going to jail. That's probably like, what is it? Unintentional manslaughter for reckless endangerment. He would yeah. go to jail because he explicitly made choices. It wasn't really an accident. Like he was actively making choices that led to this and a person died. So yeah. I don't think it would be unintentional manslaughter. I think that could be charged as manslaughter. Yeah. Like full on. Yeah. So, and I hope he does go to jail for multiple reasons. Um, Any one of them will be fine. So, yeah, I loved the conditions and I loved the way that he kind of stood up for himself and his mom. Um, and I just think it just really drove home to me that he really heard Alex and that that connection really made a difference to him. And he's trying to do the right thing, but also not continue this cycle. And uh, he says enough is enough. And I was like, oh, they said it. They said it. They said the title. Which doesn't happen often. It does not. It has not happened yet. So. Um, yeah, then it hasn't, have... has it? No, I went back and checked. <laughs> uh, um, what was um, what was the... They didn't say raindrops keep falling on my head in any episode? They did not say that. <laughs> they did not say who's zooming who. They could have said save me at any point. That'd be a pretty... They could have said save me. And they could have said if tomorrow never comes also, but... Uh, Oh, so anyways, then we have the other Christina and Burke uh, scene in the hallway, which is just such a good scene. They're like kind of, Burke is kind of like, Christina, are you like, are you okay? And she's like, can I scrub in? And he said, yeah. And she says, well, then I'm okay. And I just love that moment. I just love her so much. (laughs) They are going to have a baby together and they're going to get married. That's your prediction? That's my prediction gonna lock it in now what's the time frame on both of those things uh the baby thing nine months from now <laughs> uh in in gray's anatomy time so i'm assuming over the course of this season two marriage is gonna come by season six season six wow that's a lengthy lengthy relationship pre-marriage well that's what you did i guess so yeah but i didn't have a baby that early you did not even you also didn't live in the same place <laughs> yeah i also didn't throw away my used condoms and then get married or pregnant and then then get a baby i mean (laughs) yeah i did throw Um, away used condoms then get married (laughs) yes okay so the organ donor lady was not dead and Derek can save her great victory moment love that uh george has to go talk to the motorist family they're finally there he finally learns his lesson of oh i have to be able to tell them that i did everything i could which is a good lesson and also good to know you know you do want a doctor to say that that is what you want to know that they did try everything that they could. But also in that same scene right before that. Yes. They like break up. Yes. Tell me your thoughts about it. And then I will tell you. She, she took it better than anyone who has ever lived. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. George sucks. We all know that. But like Olivia and then she's like, well, what are you going to tell this person? Like, She's like, can I help you with your future relationship? Here is my issue with this. And this is just another nail in the George is the worst coffin. Who? This was the shittiest thing to say. I like you. I just don't like you enough. Don't. You don't need to say that. 
you could have left it before you could have said everything you said and you could have even said i like you i just don't think it's gonna work because of my other feelings you do not need to say i don't like you enough that is a shitty thing to say to a person yeah especially when like i think it it was very mature adults right they'll be Mm. in multiple relationships i think it's okay to say hey you know what i i broke it off with this person because i actually i i wanted to see a future with you more cool Mm. respect right and then he's like, yeah, I just don't like you enough to get over this whole syphilis thing. Like, I don't think that's what he's saying. He's like, I don't like you enough to not like this other person. I don't like you enough to like you more than this other human being. See, I thought it was all the context because I actually think that in the beginning, until the syphilis thing came up, I think he genuinely was like, you know what? I'll give this a shot. Like, I, I, I'm yeah, ready. Yeah, he was giving it a shot, but he still had feelings for Meredith. And he remember he even said, oh, I can't, I won't love her, but I could like a whole lot. Like when he's talking to Izzy, I don't, I don't know because at the time they were dating, the her and Derek, everything was good. I think if I don't know, it's it's a, it could be a thousand different things. The moral of the but story is George is the worst. The moral of the story is yes, George is the worst. George sucks, and Olivia honestly deserves better than George. She's an angel sent from heaven above. She deserves better than George, and she deserves better than Alex. <laughs> I wish any girl I ever broke with took it up, took it that easy. Like that's, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm nice, and I also never got syphilis. But also, like, yeah. I also never. Also, can I can I, can I pause? <laughs> Meredith is great, but why is everyone obsessed with her? <laughs> I don't get it. Even yeah, the, I don't get it. I I, I don't I don't understand it. It, it. I'm sorry if to all of you out there where Meredith is your favorite character, but like, I think yeah, that I mean, we, Christina, all, we definitely don't dislike her. No, we, I don't dislike her. There's nothing wrong with her. I think her, she's, I think not she's my fine. Favorite. I think that her, uh, Christina and Izzy both are more attractive than Meredith. I like Christina's personality better. Meredith, I find, honestly, to be a little dull. Meredith is just so plain. So, yeah, I don't understand his, his... The obsession is very weird, and he's clearly built it up in his head way more. Addison is more attractive oh than Oh, my God, Meredith. Addison is the... Oh, she's so fucking beautiful. I love that woman so much. <laughs> she's amazing. I mean, she's no Catherine Heigl. But, I disagree you know. so strongly. <laughs> and you're allowed to be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> no, you live in Wrongville. You are the president of Wrongville. No, I live in Shondaland. <laughs> no, I live in Shondaland. <laughs> um, okay, so then, then we get the Derek and Addison in the elevator scene. She's basically saying like, our marriage wasn't going great. We got busy. We were successful. And basically like they didn't prioritize their marriage and it seemed to have more of a toll on her than it did on Derek. And she basically says that she slept with, he says something about, Oh, that's what you were doing when you were sleeping with Mark. And she said, no, at that point I was just scratching an itch, which implies that they weren't having sex, which is not an excuse for her to have sex with someone else, but it is pertinent information that we need to know that there, she did not, go out of a perfect marriage and sleep with this man. They had other issues predating the adultery. Correct. Which doesn't make it any better. I wonder, well, I'm assuming, can you just tell me, do we get answers on if him and Mark are still friends? Yes. Okay. Are they still friends? I'm not going to answer that. Okay, good. That was a test and you You passed. You will get answers. (laughs) I will get answers. Uh, It... What did I put down here? Um, I I agree with Derek. I don't think in any circumstance I can forgive cheating. 
Well, I think that's a lot to say because, again, affairs and cheating, whether it's an affair or like a one one time thing, they, they don't happen in a vacuum. So, again, I don't think there's so many different things that could happen that would lead to that situation. So I don't think it's fair to say like, oh, I for sure would never be able to get past this because, well, you're going to look at Jessica and just be like, oh, I don't love you anymore. No, that's absurd. So I, I could. <laughs> well, I, I know you think that, but I don't think it to be true. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I understand could be mad at her you... for the rest of eternity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I would also, I wouldn't love her anymore. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, it's easy to say what, again, what we would do in a situation I, yeah, I without I knowing it. It's saying. also easy to, um, morally judge a fictional character, but these are also situations that happen in real life. And again, we have some of the information. We don't have all of the information at this point in time. We'll probably get more information because it's a show and they want, that's what they do. They, they draw out the information and then we get it all one day. Um, so, uh, the moral of the story is I love Addison. <laughs> it's a good um, moral. But I, I'm excited for you to see their, them, like their back and forth that they have and, see what all happens moving forward with everybody. Um, to sum it up, Meredith then doesn't ask about the doll heads. The doll heads are gross. And Meredith looks longingly at Derek because she still wants to be with him. And that's how the episode ends. <laughs> so here's, here's my concern with the Meredith, Derek, Addison, Addison. love triangle. Mm-hmm. There, there was a scene in Scrubs where, the main character, JD, one of the other main characters, Elliot, had this on-again, off-again relationship. He breaks up with her. She ends up dating a guy. He's out of town. JD is like, hey, you should be with me. They sleep together. And then at the end of the episode, Elliot's back with the other guy and doesn't tell him. Yes, that definitely. I feel like that happens in a lot of things. There's an episode of Friends where that happens that I watched recently. Yes. Um, I definitely think that's like a TV trope. Um, and one person is like, oh, this is it. This is the beginning of our relationship. This is now we are going to be together. And the other person is just like, I'm going to go ahead and pretend that didn't happen. Um, honestly, I th- there's a good chance that happens again in this series. If I'm, I truly feel like the plot line does, but I can't remember specifics. Um, but I do think that that's um, something that we'll probably see again. But also, so, it's been on for 18 years, so at some point it's going to get repetitive. So so you're telling me that it does happen between them. Between I was saying who? that I, I think that Derek and Meredith are going to have sex, and then something's going to happen and it's going to be intense with Derek and Addison. And then they're actually going to get back together for a minute. Um, no, I'm not saying that happens. Your prediction last time was that Derek and Addison were going to have like a heated moment that was going to lead them to have sex. Is that still your prediction? Are you writing all these predictions down? Because I need, no, I, I, I just listened to the previous episode before we record. So I can remember what we talked about. Oh, okay. I don't know. Something's <laughs> going to happen. Remember your pre- specifically for your predictions. <laughs> we need to write these down. We need to hire uh, a secretary just to keep all of our, all of my predictions <laughs> down. Um, we need to hire Patricia to be our secretary. Patricia. Patricia. 
Um, come in for three minutes, make a joke about my predictions, and leave, please. Uh, I don't know. So, but, yeah, something's going to happen. The, he's going to have sex with one of them, and then the other one is going to come swooping in and break the other person's heart in some way. But I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know how long it's going to be for. It's just it's going to happen. Yeah. So, wait, what is your prediction for Derek and Meredith? I I have a feeling. So, I'm, I'm nervous that he has sex with Meredith first. And then Addison swoops in, and then they get back together somehow. Okay. So, and your prediction for Christina and Burke is that they have the baby and get married. Um, do you have yes. a prediction for George and Meredith? Or are you still only on the George and Izzy train? <sighs> I don't know. I'm 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 more on the Izzy and Alex train now. Okay. Um, but mostly because is it sad that I just don't want George to be with Catherine Heigl now? Like I don't I've, want George to be in the show. So yeah, no, it's not I'm sad. Like, George, George, you can look that lady who just got hit by a tr- uh, by a, a truck with her husband who's abusing her. She's single now, so maybe you could be with her. Um, I don't know. I just I don't see a world where they get together, and if they do, it's definitely a one time thing. But I'm George not, I'm and not, Meredith or George and Izzy. Sorry, George and Meredith. Okay, I think. And, I, and I'm willing to say my gut was right and I should have stuck to my guns, but I don't think that George and Izzy are going to get together anymore. Uh, I think it's going to okay. be Alex and Izzy. Okay. But I also don't see a world where George, George ever ends up hooking up with Meredith. I, don't, I just don't. I, I can't see it. And if it is, okay. it's, again, it's not more than a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. And so with the Alex and Izzy, do you want to put a timeline on it or you just want to say it will happen? Um... First long season, I think that's going to be the cliffhanger of of season two, is you actually see his penis Mm. and her vagina. On primetime ABC television, (laughs) they showed his penis. (laughs) No, I think it's going to be part of a two-part episode. I think... Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be part of a two-part episode in season two at some point where they get together. And that's the cliffhanger for the episode. Okay. I, uh... That's exciting. I'm so excited for you to see all these things. Let me make sure there's no other predictions I want to ask about. Bailey, your last prediction was she's going to get a boyfriend. Yes, and it's going to be Burke for a while. <laughs> no, she I have no never. idea. That I don't know who. Would never. <laughs> she wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. It's If it is, it's not going to be from the hospital, and yeah. it's not going to be, I don't know. She deserves love. She's a queen. I don't know. She is. She's a queen angel boss bitch i I feel like i don't i don't know enough about her as a person yet yeah and i think that works well to her character because she tries very hard to keep like the personal situations out of the hospital and the work life and she gets super annoyed when people don't do that so i definitely think that that lines up with her character um but it doesn't really seem the same where with like christina or meredith or alex where they're keeping up a wall for like not being vulnerable it's more just like this is business and this is personal and they don't go together um which is respectable um so i uh, but yeah i love her and i am excited to watch you see if any of your predictions are correct you mean you're excited to see when all of my predictions come true well i know what happens so i'm not gonna answer that (laughs) 
I, you know how every episode that I watch, it's harder and harder to not Google everything. And harder and harder to not just watch the next one when it's done. <laughs> Which yes. is, that is going to get way more difficult as it goes on. Not even with like two parts, just like where you just want to watch again. You, you just want to watch the next. But like I said before, season two is so great. There are so many like just killer episodes and I'm so excited for us to get into it. And um, I'm just so looking forward to getting to watch an episode with you in person and getting to record again in person and uh, so so excited. Um, And uh, again, to all of you guys who keep listening, thank you so much. Um, It's so cool. We can see like where people are listening from and Carmen has something to say. It's because we haven't rated the episode. I got That's excited. what I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's rate the episode. Um, I'm giving it a resident, three out of five. Um, same. It's Nothing, fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, again, I'm. it's a filler, I think. We learn a little bit, but I don't think we learn anything terribly, terribly important. Other than, like, I think the, the biggest takeaway is the Alex backstory, in my opinion. And then the little bit of Derek Addison information that we get, I guess. And then I guess that... George and Olivia are officially done and George is still up Meredith's butthole for no reason. Yeah. I, for me, it's, it was, it was, I could tell it was a filler episode. Yes. But, uh, it actually, without the Burke and Shepard scene about the, uh, saving that lady's brainstem, that brain, uh, dead person, I probably would have given it a, would have given it a two. two. Yeah, Yeah. A, uh, in intern right Med yeah i student, think before before intern. we came in i was i was leaning 2.5 but talking about it like there are they just they do handle a lot of things really well and i do love the the burke and Derek back and forth but also the alex stuff and the the humanization of alex i do think is just important to the overall plot line and to just not hating him anymore so i think that is why it bumped it to a three yes i agree all right, now you can say all those things that you were oh, yeah, say. Oh yeah, so thanks for listening guys. We really appreciate it. Um it's so cool. We like what we the platform we use to distribute the podcast shows us where people are, so it's really cool. We've got listeners all over the country. We found someone like who's near Seattle, Portland, which is so cool. So if that's you, hello. Hi, thank you for listening. Um we've got Texas, California, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida, Tennessee, um, Illinois. So you guys are all so great. Thank you so much. We've also got some people in Canada and Germany, which is so cool. Thank you guys. Shout that's out Germany. Dope. I don't know how you found us, but that's really, really cool. Please reach out and tell us. Um, and we would so appreciate it if you shared us with your friends. Um, when we, you can share podcast links to your Facebook, to your Instagram stories. Um, if you just wouldn't mind giving us shouts outs on in places, um, on the street, just tell anyone you see. <laughs> uh, we would really appreciate it. It's uh, We really like doing this, and we want to be able to continue to do it uh, for until the show ends, which who knows will that one be. So, Yeah, many, many years from now. And and speaking of shout-outs, so uh, shout-out to our friend Leah, who is, uh, is an avid Grey's Academy fan, an avid Grey's Anatomy fan, uh, and was sending us a text from one of the last episodes of how she was yelling at the car uh, as she was listening to us not remembering the name of the movie, The Ugly Truth, with <laughs> Catherine yes. Heigl and Gerard Butler. So shout out, dear friend Leah. You will be on an episode soon. 
Uh, shout out to our friend Ryan, who will be on an episode soon. Uh, shout out to our friend uh, Maggie, who wants to be on an episode. We'll try to figure out some time for that. And any other special guests? You know, if you guys know um, Patrick yeah, guys Dempsey, know let him know. Yeah, Shonda <laughs> Rhimes, Patrick Dempsey, Catherine Heigl. Send her our way. That would yeah. be ideal. Let them know it's very, uh, it'd be a really good career move for any of them to be on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Again, if you have any suggestions or things you think we need to be touching more on, you can send us an email at um, graysacademypod at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at graysacademypod, where you can also share our posts and our um, episodes with all of your friends. But if you do reach out, just remember, no spoilies.